I'm Jeff Saperstein, co-author with Hunter Hastings, who is also on this call of the book, The Interconnected Individual Seizing Opportunities in the Era of AI, Platforms, Apps, and Global Exchanges. As an interconnected individual, you will want to know how cutting-edge thinking can help you design, implement, manage, and enjoy your own individual economy. Today, we're talking with Guy Healthtech, founder and CEO of NAC. Here is the vision for NAC, discovering the hidden potential of every person and advancing that potential to the fullest. We do so by combining cutting-edge engineering, computational neuroscience, and gaming into a transformative technology that solves the critical problems of business and society face today. We push the boundaries of success. Guy has been very generous, giving us time and perspective for our book, The Interconnected Individual, and he is profiled and quoted extensively. NAC is an emergent organization that is a solutions finder for democratizing opportunity for everyone. We will discuss how Guy uses opportunity and how NAC uses AI to scale yet customize enterprise and individual opportunity and how you can better understand the future of work. So let's begin. Hello, Guy. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Hunter. Great to be here with you today. Wonderful. Let's just dive right in. Uh, can you talk about how you see unleashing individual potential through NAC? Absolutely. So we see from the data from uh, over 100 countries and people using our technology in those countries, we see that every person, regardless of life circumstances, has a deep hidden potential. In many cases, people may not be aware of their potential. Others may not be aware of their potential, but there is no such case where a person lacks potential. It's really a question of what is that potential leading that person to, in which direction, to which pathway is the optimal one for that person. And what we see in our vision for unleashing individual potential is shifting the world, shifting the market, and individuals, corporates, uh, employers, learning and education providers and governments from an old paradigm of seeking to identify and pinpoint people's potential by looking at where they come from, whom they know, what have they done so far, what did they study, what are their grades, and what do they say about themselves? We think that those are poor proxies and uh, ineffective uh, ways uh, to identify people's potential. Not only those ways are not effective, they are also creating incredible barriers. Many people have not gone to school. If you look at the young people in South Africa, many of them are unemployed and have not been able to finish high school, let alone graduate from college. Uh, what do you do with uh, those folks? Uh, does it mean that they have no potential? So our vision is shifting from those poor proxies uh, to a paradigm of human signals, authentic, reliable, accurate human signals of uh, the hidden innate potential of people and generating those signals using technology, using AI, and using science. Uh, once those signals are discovered and generated, because we are in the digital economy using platforms and AI and interconnectedness, uh, individuals can send those signals to the web. Everyone can pick those signals. Everyone can identify people for their signals. 
It's a completely new paradigm. It's a completely new world. It opens up immense opportunities for people, for economies, for the private sector, and for societies at large. Guy, that's fantastic. And so we're really looking at the democratization of opportunity and the individual having all of this interconnectedness. Um, How do you see work changing, the nature of work with the use of online technology and even more specifically with AI? Work is changing in fundamental ways. And there are many ways. It's uh, along uh, a number of uh, very important vectors. So one way in which work is changing is that people are not uh, working in jobs anymore. People are doing uh, different things. They are uh, working on tasks or on projects or on teams or as individuals contributing to some joint larger uh, corporate business organizational effort. So thinking about work with the atomic units of jobs is uh, totally a misunderstanding of the nature of work today. And we think that we're going to see jobs uh, completely disappear and, and get replaced by uh, new units, new atomic units that capture uh, what is the human uh, talent and potential applied to. That's one change. Another change is uh, people are working more and more increasingly in distributed um, organizations and formats. So not anymore do you have uh, people co-located in an office in Manhattan. It may be a person in the Dominican Republic, another in Delhi, another in Johannesburg, and they all collaborate uh, to achieve a a particular goal, particular business goal, or to create a new product. So this uh, distributed nature of work is, uh, uh, we see that increasingly, uh, and it could be also people working remotely, Uh, from home rather than from an office. In fact, when you think about kind of the adjective working remotely, that is not an accurate uh, description anymore of work because today uh, when you use remote work as the way to describe the work you do, you actually implicitly assume that there is a hub where most of the work is carried out from. And that's not the case anymore. Actually, people are working in networks inside organizations or outside, and those networks are spread out all over the world or in some kind of regional uh, uh, markets. So it's not about remote anymore because uh, you can work from anywhere and everyone is as remote as the other uh, from a non-existing hub. Uh, Then we see another big change is obviously the avalanche of data and machines and tools and widgets and Internet of Things and the continuous connectivity and the connectivity not only within the world of work, but connectivity with the customers, with suppliers, with partners. And that changes uh, many other things because there is avalanche of data. We need to make sense of that data. We need to sift it. Uh, We need to respond to that. Um, So those are some of the changes that we see. Those are, I'm obviously not trying to exhaust here all the key changes uh, about diversity, uh, the diversity of the workforce, the intergenerational nature. Uh, we see more employers hiring people without formal higher education. So there, is, uh, there are changes, significant changes in the entry um, points into the workforce and a lot of learning that is being done informally or formally uh, at work uh, on the job. Uh, but 
to tie it all together, what does, do those changes actually mean for the individual uh, in the digital economy? So we see a number of uh, opportunities here for people, and I want to uh, flesh them out. First of all, we see an opportunity to work with machines and to leverage machines uh, and to find what is the comparative advantage of people compared to the comparative advantage of tools, machines, widgets, apps, and algorithms. And it's not an either-or. It's not a zero-sum game. It's actually a, a game where the sum of the parts is actually greater. So identifying that comparative advantage, and humans have unique comparative advantages that machines cannot replicate. It's still not, at least not now, and not in any time in the foreseeable future. And harnessing and leveraging that, those advantages uh, can put us all uh, individually and collectively on a path to achieving way more uh, than we were able to achieve before. So to give you an example, uh, if you think about human achievement and you think about human performance at work, uh, the ability of humans to leverage tools to access data, analyze data, extract insights, and then, which machines are really good at, uh, with the help of humans, of course, but then to apply human creativity, uh, which machines are not good at and are not capable of replicating uh, today. Uh, this combination is a very powerful and compelling combination uh, that, uh, again, can put companies, individuals, groups uh, in places and enable them to reach outcomes and successes that, uh, and innovations that we've never seen before. Uh, that all also translates into what skills are necessary to uh, not only survive, but also to thrive in that digital future. Uh, and it's not future anymore. It's actually happening in front of us. It's unfolding on a daily basis in front of us. But uh, it really speaks to specific skills that are becoming critical for success, that are baseline skills. So back in the day, uh, good communication skills were a baseline requisite skill to do a decent job, if not a, a good or great job at work. Uh, today, those communication skills are not enough. Today, you need to communicate, uh, so to speak, with uh, other uh, colleagues, with machines, with uh, data. You need to be able to comprehend data. So data literacy, a, a machine, a, and computational mindset, a, those are skills that are emerging as very critical, but there are many more. A, I don't want to belittle the social and human component a, of a humanizing relationships because it's easy for us to a, reach the conclusion a, that in the age of digital economy, it's all about digital connections and relationships and data and tools. It's not quite so. Uh, the human components are very important. In fact, they are, I would say, even more important than they were before uh, because of the human comparative advantage and the opportunities that this presents. So today, I think individuals facing, and with that, I'm going to uh, kind of close that point, uh, individuals are facing uh, higher expectations, uh, skills that they need to acquire and hone that they didn't have to before, but they also have to be adept at the skills that made them successful until today, like collaboration and social and emotional and relationship skills, as well as the execution skills. Uh, so it's a, a complex future, and it changes uh, the game in a quite fundamental way uh, for people. 
that's terrific, Guy. I think you've answered my question about individuals better preparing him herself for career opportunities in your answer. And one of the things I'll just note is that uh, your app um, at, in NAC, you're, you, you give all kinds of qualities of how people get stuff done, emotional intelligence. You really have a, a great set of uh, criteria and language that people can use when they are posting about themselves uh, that um, really hone uh, their ability to match market reality. And so someone that might not think that they're uh, set for business, the way you describe the characteristics for business is very different than the traditional way. Can you just briefly just touch on that in terms of the way that NAC actually aligns to these uh, interpersonal skills and other skills that are normally not put on a resume. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we think that the, you know, the resume as a proxy is going to be, it becomes a very thin and almost an irrelevant, uh, a virtually irrelevant uh, document or a, a piece of information. Uh, as the world moves from jobs to tasks and from jobs to projects and to teams, really what matters are the skills and uh, in a skill economy, um, that really changes how individuals need to prepare themselves for career opportunities and for work opportunities and to, for entrepreneurship, which we'll touch upon uh, a bit later. Uh, the skills individuals first need to develop and acquire awareness of what skills they have, what skills they don't have, what skills are they really strong on, uh, and where do they have uh, certain gaps and opportunities to grow and develop. Uh, this is not uh, an intuition, uh, an exercise in intuition. This must be an empirical, data-driven um, um, approach to gain that awareness and then to take very actionable steps uh, towards uh, getting yourself to where you need to be in order to be successful. But the key piece, another key piece that uh, NAC is kind of heading into is uh, it's not only it's not enough to measure people's uh, skills and to identify where they need to develop and grow and what the opportunities for them are and how it relates to different tasks and jobs and careers, but it's really important to actually look empirically at the marketplace and figure out what are the skills that matter most to success, to outcomes, to achievement, to business uh, performance, to an innovation or entrepreneurship success or what have you. So with looking at all of our users uh, and customers and companies and others, we're able to actually look at the meta level and see what skills actually uh, are in demand, what skills contribute mostly to success and to outcomes, and then use those data uh, insights and understanding at the meta level and uh, trickle it down to the individuals so the individuals can see where they are, what is their map of opportunities, and how bridging certain skills and developing and acquiring certain skills is going to put them on a trajectory, on a route to a new opportunity or a better one. So the way that the big data and AI play here is in a number of ways that uh, empower the individual to make better choices and take better actions. Fantastic. I am now going to turn it to Hunter who has a question on um, entrepreneurship. Hunter? 
Yes, Guy, we, uh, we talked about the deep hidden potential that everybody has, which is a wonderful phrase and a wonderful picture. And that potential can channel itself uh, in a couple of ways. We think of corporate careers, but then we also think of entrepreneurship. And today, entrepreneurship could be uh, small business ownership. It could be an independent contractor, an independent uh, programmer. It could be uh, small business ownership of a startup or something like that. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how NAC can help individuals on, in all of those channels and all of those paths? And, and do the tools differ for each pathway? Absolutely. So I, I think it's a great uh, uh, um, focus on entrepreneurship uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, it's interesting, just as an anecdote, that even in Japan, uh, uh, a relatively uh, one of the more conservative uh, labor markets uh, in terms of uh, uh, people's stickiness uh, to their jobs and career pathways and so forth, even there you see a huge increase in the number of jobs that people hold over the course of their professional lives and uh, people move around uh, more frequently. Uh, so when you look at entrepreneurship in that context, um, entrepreneurship and a, a career I think are basically on the same spectrum, are on a continuum. And even today, you see people working for corporates uh, in a full-time career, but maybe doing additional things. Uh, you may see people having a portfolio of jobs uh, working for different organizations uh, as gigs or actually semi-permanent uh, uh, kind of uh, full-time roles. And then you see entrepreneurs all the way on the other end of the spectrum. So it's really a, a combination and recombination of how you use your time, how you apply uh, your skills, your talent, and your potential. But here's the key thing about entrepreneurship. In many economies, uh, there is no jo demand for jobs, and there is no zero or near zero uh, growth in um, uh, demand for jobs. Uh, and entrepreneurship becomes the only viable way for people to engage in the labor market and to actually use their skills and talents to um, become productive and to earn a living. Uh, so entrepreneurship is a pathway, is a very important pathway towards self-employment and economic security. And, but entrepreneurship is also, if you look at the startup entrepreneurship, is a critical element of the innovation pipeline at a, a global scale. Now, many people have the knack for entrepreneurship. They may not be aware. They may, be, they may fear that they won't be able to pull things together. They will not be successful. There are many fears that creep in, and they may need a nudge. Technology today, uh, in our case, knack, help people first discover their knack for entrepreneurship that they may not have been aware of, overcome those kind of uh, initial knee-jerk uh, uh, fears, and operate and make decisions uh, from a more informed, data-grounded uh, 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 conditions. Uh, but it goes beyond actually discovering that you have a knack for entrepreneurship and identifying exactly whether it is startup entrepreneurship or social entrepreneurship or lifestyle, small business entrepreneurship, which are very different uh, from one another and require different skills and mindsets. Uh, but technology also helps people connect with like-minded people, connect with the resources, connect with the customers, connect with 
um, collaborators that they may need. So I think that we're at the cusp of uh, explosion in the total volume of entrepreneurship and the numbers of innovations that we're going to see and the uh, portion of uh, the labor market that will be self-employed via entrepreneurship. And I think this is actually a very healthy uh, direction for the market and also ties to the economic development of many countries where there are no uh, formal uh, uh, jobs and uh, very low demand for uh, such labor market participation. Good. Thank you. Jeff? Thank you. Um, lastly, uh, Guy, can you provide some specific examples of how NAC is working for the common good and making a difference in places like uh, India and South Africa? And I know you have just signed an agreement uh, in South Africa. Perhaps you could talk a little bit about these developments and, and how you see NAC in contributing to the overall economy and the opportunities in places like South Africa and India. Yeah, thank you, Jeff, for bringing this up. Uh, this is a, a critical uh, part of what we do at NAC and critical part of our vision for uh, how technology is changing the world and how software and internet uh, are breaking down barriers to markets. So you, you can characterize kind of this part of NAC as a social impact or social good, uh, but uh, we actually uh, want to think about it as convergence of society and business. And uh, we think that in the age, in the digital age, and as the internet uh, affects and shapes and reshapes every part of our life, uh, professionally, domestically, uh, socially, and otherwise, um, the difference between uh, society and social objectives and business objectives and individual objectives uh, kind of ceases to exist. We're not seeing kind of a mashup of all of those coming together. And the key thing about it is that the internet is really breaking down barriers and removing those barriers and giving access to the labor market of a market for innovation and ideas of a market for capital uh, to people that uh, up until now were left behind, were outside the, the economic game. So in particular, and we're very excited about that capability of NAC to uh, bring down those barriers to drive and foster this inclusion at a global scale of women, of people that come from disadvantaged backgrounds, economically and socially disadvantaged people, people that are underserved by regular markets and systems, and giving them an opportunity, again, to signal their potential, to develop and acquire their skills, to connect with new opportunities, to participate in uh, the economic gain, uh, so to speak, and uh, build better lives. Specific examples of that uh, include our new partnership with MTN, uh, the African mobile carrier, and with youth employment services uh, in South Africa to end youth unemployment uh, in the country. Uh, youth unemployment is uh, incredibly high. It uh, goes back to the apartheid and to a structural discrimination in the country. And today we're using technology to reach youth, uh, to engage them, mobilize them, uh, drive uh, up their confidence and enable them to signal their potential, uh, connect with jobs, 
connect with uh, learning and education opportunities. Uh, we're doing similar things with the Tata Group in India and with the General Electric uh, Healthcare also in India. Uh, with the World Bank, uh, we're working in Bangladesh and many other countries, again, to use technology to enable people that were left behind uh, connect with opportunity in a fundamentally new way. Uh, the key thing uh, and the key message uh, for us to share, for me to share here, is that the technology enables people, regardless of life circumstances, to uh, unlock their potential and to advance their potential to the fullest. And I'm excited when I see organizations like uh, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative embracing and uh, driving uh, uh, forward uh, those visions uh, of uh, using technology at scale uh, to achieve this uh, unprecedented impact and uh, outcomes uh, for uh, people wherever they are and whatever life has uh, uh, gotten uh, so far. Well, Guy, you, you have taken on an, an incredible role and ambition in terms of improving the common good for the world. And I know that uh, this startup is something that has been a, a great life's endeavor for you. And uh, we profile you in the book, and we won't go through that here. But I encourage everyone to take a look at um, Guy's profile in our book, The Interconnected Individual. And um, you not only have a very ambitious goal, but you've achieved a great deal already. And, and we presume you will continue and we wish you the best of success. Hunter, would you like to say something to close, please? Uh, thank you very much, Guy. And I uh, echo what Jeff says. Congratulations on everything you've done and what you will do in the future. And I think your vision of unlimited potential for everyone, inclusion for everyone, and the new paradigm of how to send human signals and plug into the network of work in new ways. And especially what you said about entrepreneurship um, ceasing to be the exception and becoming the norm in, in a lot of places, that's uh, an encouraging and, and delightful thought. So thank you very much for this conversation and for everything NAC does for the world. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Jeff and Hunter. Uh, wishing you the best.